coming up on What Goes On Around Here, we'll be throwing around a lot of F-words. Oh, settle down. That's fun, fashion, and footwear, just to name a few. Gotcha. What'd you think I meant? How's it going? Today on What Goes On Around Here with me, your resident Rentayenta, Lisa Stanley, we're going to go from showbiz to shoebiz with my dear friend and shoe maven, Leslie Gallen, president of Footwear for UBM, which is part of the magic show where you will find the latest in apparel, footwear, accessories, and manufacturing from the height of advanced contemporary luxury brands. Plus, the latest trends in fashion. And of course, we'll hear all about the celebrity trends. And we'll also be joined by Lisa Pliner. She's a model, a shoe designer, creative director, author, and a philanthropist. They'll both share their experiences and tell us what's trending and what we must have. You know, the famous must-haves. And just to remind you how big shoes can be, Remember, one pair of shoes changed Cinderella's life. And lest we forget, old Mother Hubbard lived in a shoe, which, guys, is why I have close to 300 pairs. Just in case I have to live in one, I'll have choice. And I always like to say, I can deal with anything if I have the right shoes. And I've also heard the saying, the higher the heel, the closer to God. And Lord knows I need to be close to him. Bottom line, I'm a shoe whore. And so, well, so is my friend. But she is also a well-respected leader in the fashion industry and has helped nurture and build some of the largest and most influential footwear trade events in the U.S. And today, she is here with us, along with Lisa Pliner, who will join us in just a bit. But first, welcome, Leslie. Shiz. Shiz. Oh my god, shoes. These shoes rule. These shoes suck. These shoes suck. These shoes suck. Wasn't that fun? Oh my god, that was hysterical. Lisa, I don't know where you found that. That is my new theme song. It is the best. Whenever I'm in a bad mood, I just play shoes. And that's by a guy named Kelly. Well, so we love Kelly. You need to Thank use you, that. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. I'm so happy that you and Lisa both are joining me on our podcast today. You know, normally I'm doing conflicts, resolution, talking to celebrities, which you kind of are in your world. And so now I just thought, let's just do something fun that everyone, men, women, kids, grandmas, grandpas, everybody wears them shoes. And what better than to have the queen of the shoe world in with us on what goes on around here. So first, I want you to describe your job, your day-to-day duties, your show duty, just to give the people listening kind of, you know, a a book of what you do. Certainly. Lisa, I'm so thrilled to be here. It's like when we first met and you were doing, I was driving in my car and I heard you on the air talk about your shoes. And I went, oh my God. That's a great idea. Let's start by telling people, full disclosure, Leslie and I are very good friends, but how we met is really interesting. Leslie was a listener on K-Earth 101 where I do the morning show. And Leslie was listening to me talk about a show that I was doing, a shoe show, where I did nine episodes with shoes 
honestly, it was me in the shoes. She was doing the shoe show at the magic show, heard me, had her assistant call to try to book me as a host, if you will, or guest, or I don't even know, Leslie, what would you call? Oh, I want you to do a personal appearance. Okay, of course you we go. wanted you. <laughs> You were, so, you know, it was big as good TV, and so, it was, yes. and it was shoes, all about shoes. Hello, the Green. Yeah, that was the name. So then, after meeting Leslie, I decided I wanted my own shoe brand. So I came up with this idea called Hello, Z Green, as Leslie just mentioned. And basically, I was going to take a shoe, put a green sole, kind of like Christian Louboutin with the red sole, and in the middle of the green sole, I was going to implant a seed. And so in theory, when the shoe, you were done with it or you grew out of it as a child, in theory, you can plant it and it would grow into a tree, an eco-friendly shoe. Well, that didn't work out so well, but I'm you not were ahead of your t- You were ahead of your time. I, I think, think we I should was. bring it back now. Now it's really relevant. Don't so, you think? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to you now. Okay. <laughs> so, honey, what do I do every day? Well, you know, it started... Uh, about 15 years ago, um, I was running what was the designer couture trade event in Las Vegas. It was called the Collections at WSA, and it really was a magical moment. Everyone from Giuseppe Zanotti, Costume National, uh, Prada, it was fabulous. And then the world changed, you know, retail changed, kind of like what we're seeing today. So I picked up my marbles and went to magic. Uh, and the reason for that was it was a completely a, uh, I thought at the time, a pretty good business decision. Because in order for the footwear industry to gain traction, to have additional selling opportunities, they would need apparel retailers. And at the time, and I'm sure you remember this, you'd go into a clothing store and they had some shoes. So it was a wonderful uh, segue, if you will, for a new business model. Well, not to date myself, but when I was growing up, there was a shoe store in town here called Standard Brand Shoes that had... I don't know, 2,500 pairs of shoes in there of every style of every kind. Now, those kind of shoe places have disappeared with the exception, I think, of what, DSW or uh, is that the name of it? Sure. The reality is is that the big box, you know, DSW, uh, famous footwear, sure, are surviving because that really speaks to middle America. I think, you know, there's a whole, we can have a whole nother podcast on, you know, what's going on at retail. But part of the problem with the retailers, because everything was on sale, you know, sale today, come back tomorrow, be $10 less. So the consumer never really understood what's the value? What am I, what's the real price that I should be paying? When is it really a deal? And I think we're now currently today in that moment where this is all adjusting between consumers purchasing online. People laughed when Zappos came out. And in the industry, we said, really? Shoes, you have to try them on. They're not like clothes that if it doesn't fit, you can take them in or let them out. Shoes have to fit. I mean, if you remember as a kid going to a shoe store with your mom or dad. And they'd stick your foot in that thing and they'd measure your foot. (laughs) Right. And, And that doesn't happen anymore today. So if we think of all the things that have changed, some for the good, some for, you know, progress and technology. Technology has changed the... So is this part of your job duties is trying to know 
know, be in the know about all of that? Is this, I mean, like your day-to-day duty, you go into the office, you sit down, you turn on your computer, and what's the first thing that goes on in there? So I'm reading. I'm reading what's going on in the world, what are the trends in business and technology, because ultimately that will have an effect on my business, because I am the How? steward for the industry. I'm the aggregate. I'm where, I like to call it the Davos of footwear, which is where twice a year, in Las Vegas, and I'll get to why Las Vegas, the industry comes together, the buyers, the sellers, the decision makers, the hipsters, anyone who's involved in footwear comes basically to the desert to meet, conduct business, uh, figure out what the trends are, materials, what's happening, make deals. And what's so weird to me, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but I mean, I always look down on the ground, but I'm looking for dog poop. So I'm always looking down. So I always notice shoes. And what I have noticed among the years and in all the places in the world I've been and in all the stores I've been, very few people, except maybe in our girl group, because we all have the same taste, very few people have the same pair of shoes. So when I always think, how does there's 50,000 pairs of shoes, designs, or or styles, and I'm thinking, well, how can they all sell? But yet, like I said, I hardly ever see someone wearing the same pair. Excellent point. And that's where the retailers in the industry at the moment have had, they've been at loggerheads because they're talking, what's the next new trend? And how are we going to communicate that to the consumer, because it, obviously the consumer runs everything. And that's what's changing today. If you notice, there'll be you know people who still read the newspaper, which there are many of us. Um, there have been brands like Samuel Hubbard and Kitsik that have completely launched their collections via um, daily newspapers and have created the trend. So to your point, yes, we're, we're, my job is to talk to the manufacturers on a daily basis to encourage them and tell them things like this, that yes, there's people out there that want newness. Please color. Think about it. Yeah. You, you know, we've got plenty of black shoes, enough for the duration. You know, if we're buying shoes, think about what you're buying now. We're buying fun, color. Yes. No, there's glitter. Lot, I see lots of uh, shoe brands now that are coming in glitter mm-hmm. and, and coming in color, which always reminds me, as a kid, the only thing I ever wanted was a pair of glass slippers. And so, of course, I got them uh, and dressed up like Cinderella. So my question to you is how you got yourself into the shoe fashion industry? Did you dress up as a kid? Were you always into fashion? Or was it that meeting with Halston and Bill Blast that got you into this? Well, it goes back. My father definitely was a clothes horse. Uh, He's probably (laughs) one of the first original people with a charge card to Barney's on old 17th Street. And we're going back into the 60s. And my mother had been a hosiery model. So fashion was all around me. I had family in the immense apparel business as well. Um, but then, Did your mom have those pantyhose in the egg? Oh, no, no pantyhose. These oh. were honey. These were with the stockings that had, what, the seam up the back? Oh. You know, those babes. Oh, the hoa. The <laughs> oh, yeah, kind. the whole thing, girdle and all, <laughs> the old days. So I ended up in the fashion business, and it really was, again, another magical moment um, to be inducted into it at such a high level, even though I was green. I was starting out. I was a runner. I delivered orders in the first day. You were an assistant, I, as yeah, I mentioned assistant. in the open. And I met Bill Blass in Halston. I'll never forget calling my mother from a payphone saying, I think I'm going to find something I like doing. So from that moment on, I was in the 
apparel business. And long story short, wanted to move to California, had a friend out here, um, in fact, Alan Schwartz, and I called Alan into the That's Alan. ABS, yes. you guys. He's the one that makes all the knockoffs that you see of the Oscar dresses, of all the famous designers. This guy's the one who started that knockoff. So I said to Alan, you're going to hire me. I need a job and you could pay me. And he did. <laughs> and he did. And so it brought me out to California. And from there, I ended up meeting someone who was in the trade show business. And that was so foreign to me. I mean, I had exhibited with uh, apparel collections that I worked for. And he said, it's fascinating. It's footwear. Footwear. And it turned out to be the largest trade show in the United States at the time. And lo and behold, they had this little designer couture business that was fledgling. And I ended up taking that business to probably in those days, what was probably a $15 million business in just a few years. And then lo and behold, ended up taking that into um, FM platform and rolling that concept out. Well, that sounds so good. So my next question is, what are the highlights and challenges of the industry and your job? Well, let's put it this way. Footwear has been a male-dominated industry forever. That's right, because we're living in a time now that women have power like never before. So this is cool. So there's a woman by the name of Diane Sullivan, who's the first female CEO of a major public company called Calaris, which used to be Brown Shoe. Um, so there's the roles are changing. And I think that women designers are happening. Footwear is named after women. So it's really becoming the, the year of the woman. And so the highlights would be that year of the woman. And what would that also be the challenge, the year of the woman? And most certainly, um, you know. <laughs> well, then what advice can you offer to the young women venturing into this industry? And what do you think is the biggest hurdle then for women in the workplace? Well, my advice is the same people you see on the way up are the same people you see on the way down. So be nice. So it's best to be nice to everyone. <laughs> well, That's I'm out number of that one. business. <laughs> and number two, I really think that women perhaps have a little bit of an edge because I find that we're a bit more intuitive. Uh, men will call it emotional. I'll call it intuitive. I like your word better. <laughs> All right. So between men and women bosses, I know you've had both, and so have I. Uh, do you find the women are tougher? Maybe more to prove? Because when I worked for a woman, she was tough. I mean, not that I minded, but it was definitely different than working for a man. Yeah, I concur. I would say the two most prominent women, female bosses that I had, one had been the first female uh, president of General Mills Apparel Corp, and she was as tough as they came. But you know what? It made me a better person and it made me a better leader. So I have to say, if given the druthers or the choice, I'd go for the strong female. All right, there you go. And I know you love old movies because they show women in charge. So uh, who do you admire most and why? Oh, my God. Barbara Stanwyck. Are you kidding? And you have to laugh. Myrna Loy, that woman's timing and humor. I mean, they just don't make roles like that anymore. And I really don't know why. You know, my dad's a big fan of the old movies. I just thought it was because he's old. You're not old and you're a fan of those movies. So it must really be something good to watch. Yeah, the dialogue is speedy. It's witty. It's just, you know, and it's relevant. If you really watch, it's relevant to what's happening today. 
That's so cool. All right. Now let's get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. The stuff I like to talk about normally on a day-to-day basis. And that's celebrities. Mm-hmm. And these celebrities are getting into these shoes and designing like Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson, Blair Underwood, Fergie, Katy Perry, Kanye. I mean, it's endless. And number one, are they really involved or are they just using their name? And number two, are they selling these shoes? Ah, so the answer is yes and no. So in some cases, like in the case of Katy Perry, she genuinely was designed, uh, involved in the design of the launch of the first collection. And Rihanna, the same thing with Puma and Kanye. Um, yes. But then there does come a point where it's a business. And so that's when you start to see things change. Okay, so Lisa Pliner is here, and she's over here shaking her head like a bobblehead. Now, this is a fairy tale. You launched your career at the world-class fashion house Versace. Was around that time, I believe, you met your husband, Donald Pliner, who was a veteran in the shoe biz, born with a, as he calls it, a slipper spoon. That's kind of like a shoehorn, if you will. And he hired you, I think, as a model first. But basically... You're a real-life Cinderella. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, it's so good to be here. So why don't you two girls together work it out how you're going to talk and tell me what the heck goes on over here. Well, Lisa has firsthand experience with Mr. Underwood, so why don't I turn that over to my friend Lisa? Well, in the industry, you know, all of a sudden, all these celebrities do come aboard, and it does help business. It helps, you know, young people people today follow your business not my their business, business right my business their business they do it either you know it's another check mark on their resume or something they've always wanted to do or it's a designer that feels that you know what they can help brand or launch into a another um Licensed products, because really the reality is today that's where the money is. Right. Um, but I don't think celebrities that get involved with footwear really understand the technical factor. Just think, a right foot, a right shoe and a left shoe have to come out identical. And it doesn't come out of a machine, meaning there's a lot of handwork that goes into it. So when you think about the cost of producing a shoe, the technology... What does it cost? Thousands. I mean, it's thousands. Lisa, I mean, it's, you, you've uh, had shoe companies between your husband, Donald J. Pliner. <laughs> you've had your own line, Lisa Line. So you, you, you guys have done this. How much does it cost? Really to start a first collection? Yeah. About over a million. Holy macaroni. And that's just for first six months. Mm-hmm. And will you ever see a return on that? Um, I would say in many years. I mean, it, you know, it takes a while to launch or really, you know... I'm, I would sit there in a way and say, am I lucky? I am lucky because I am married to Donald, and I wouldn't have learned what I have learned because of him. Absolutely. But we have so many different styles, so I learned how to take my style and make it work with his style, which we still left two different people. So that's how we worked together. I mean, do you see the pro- – you do at the end, but it, it, does, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, right. You know, you're going to look like two or three years. Okay, but these stars are different than, a, than, a, shoe, than a shoe a company like you who has to make the money off the actual people buying the shoes. You guys are paying people like Kanye or, or not you, but a company right, but they is are paying paid. them. Yeah, and they do look for instant gratification. And, and what they, do they get? How much money was Paris Hilton paid? Do you know? Anyone know? Each deal is different. Yeah. Okay. Like Jessica's, How much was Blair Underwood paid? That I do not know. That well, was you made the shoes. For I him. know, but that was discussed with Donald and him. Oh. That was in the contract 
yeah, of a contract that was. But I will tell you with Blair, he was completely hands on. He really, truly loves the shoe industry. He, you know, he wanted he wanted to be so part of something and he loved Donald and he loved his style so for them it was a great match and it was a great friendship and he completely was hands-on you know whether he was in New York shooting or we were here or in Italy there was so much communication back and forth and pictures and colors and you know so we were lucky because that, as an actor, he, this was something in his heart that he really wanted to do. So it's not just putting your name on a shoe. Like, I feel like Paris Hilton was the same way. She really wanted to have her own shoe line, as Jessica Simpson has made an industry herself out of, of her line. Um, but sometimes I feel like the Kanye's or, or these other people, Katy Perry, they're just in it for the shtick. I don't think so. I think you either have a love, you began, you gain a love for the shoe industry because the shoe industry has a real camaraderie. They are the souls of the earth. No pun intended. (laughs) It's not, um, you know, I I believe you're right that I think in, in the beginning people feel, oh, I'll just add this to my resume type of thing. And then they get into it and find out financially what it takes, emotionally. And how hard it is. Right. I mean, it takes six months really to do a collection i mean it's you know and that's why we design a year ahead because and it's also how do you think a year ahead when you're designing next year when spring's just first coming out so it's like how do you get into that other mode also i think for you lisa um because you started your career in modeling you had to wear a lot of uncomfortable shoes i imagine on that runway that must play a part in your designing yes yes and I mean, and it's really funny because really before I met Donald, I used to by buy way, his he, shoes all the, way, the time. I didn't even have an idea who he was. By the way, did he uh, check out your feet before you went he on your did. first date? I knew it. He I did. It. He did. did. I have you good have a feet. Fresh pedicure. I don't remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> I got twenty-one years coming up, which is even. But I can't even right. imagine a man that makes shoes who's going to date a woman that he doesn't check her oh, feet. Oh, yeah. He checked my feet. He even checked the shoes I was wearing on our... And we had a blind date. So, yes. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was lucky. I have really good feet. <laughs> so so I was thinking to myself, though, if I was on a runway and I had to wear uncomfortable shoes, that the first thing I would want to design is a comfortable shoe. Yes. I agree. Did. And I did. I did when I actually even had the Lisa line. I mean, mm-hmm. I took... Everything that I would want as a woman, and I put it in a shoe, along with I needed the sexiness, and I needed the height, and I needed all the I needed everything that a woman wanted, but it had to be comfortable. They were the most amazing shoes, the highest heels. They must have been four inches high. I remember seeing them at the shoe show, and I had that green sole, right. And then and I used, because of my green eyes, I used that as my trademark. Your green bottom. The green bottom. Yes. So, um, That's so cool. Yeah. Now, let me ask you. Do, do you find that ladies mostly design for ladies or men? Do you, or do you participate when you're designing with dogs oh, absolutely. in the men's line as well? Absolutely. Do you feel that you are more knowledgeable um, for women or for men or for both? Do you think there's a... Both. For both. I am for both. And because do you, do you I think, think that's because of your uh, relationship with your husband and his knowledge? Yes. And also because he also does men's. So it gives me, because some shoes today, 
whether it's the active wear, which tennis shoes have been the biggest thing in comfort, that can go, it's the same design. You can do it either way, you know, like a shoe for, like even like the shoe I'm wearing, it could be the same shoe for men. So it does help understanding that there's a fun edge for men and women that I can do both with. And then even with a men's loafer or something, you know, I think because Donald and I have been together so long, we know each other's styles. Yeah. And I know his styles. So it does help as a woman's point of view because men are not buying shoes for themselves. No, the majority the wives the, are buying yeah, it. The majority of men's purchases, clothing and footwear, are influenced or done by women. Is that true, Anthony? Get on the mic over there, Anthony. Uh, I'm single, so I wouldn't know anything about that. You don't buy shoes? I do, but I never had a woman buy a pair of shoes for me. And when you you would probably wear a lot of just like comfort. Yeah, I'm all about comfort. Exactly. But if you were going to go get snazzed up, you know, and you're going to get in black tie affair or something, what would you wear? What would you wear? I like I like dressy shoes. I do. I mean, um, you know, I got a pair of black shoes I just brought like a month ago. I got a pair of brown, you know, and that's basically Those it. The basis, for, yeah. right. Really, that's all a man needs is brown and black. Yeah. And blue, I have to say, With navy is coming in. Navy, navy is coming in. Huge, 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 huge color. But again, okay, dressy shoes. There are a lot of dressy shoes from a lot of amazing designers today that are not comfortable. So I could tell you that, <laughs> you know, then again, so you're going to go, OK, I need a dressy shoe. What kind of shoe am I going to buy? And of course, a salesperson is going to go, oh, try these, try these. And you're going to start at the top till you're like, no, I really want comfort to the, you know, to a price level that you want. So it's, you know, it's hard because even some of the lower end price shoes today that are beautiful are still not comfortable. So let me ask you this. You're always on a new journey with new designs and everything. Um, now on your new journey, okay, that you're going to have to do all over again, what are you going to do different? Um, I, I would say mostly designers, or I know how Donald and I do work, is we go back and we really take a look of what designs really, really went well. What sold? What colors was it? Because this detail was added. And you take that shoe because also in factories, you know, every time you make a new mold or a new idea, it's a lot of money just to start scratch. And it's easier to find a design or a mold or something that was already done or whether it was done two or three years ago, there's files. And you're like, how do I make that new? So the style is there. The comfort's there. So, okay, we get a new heel. Maybe we put a platform. A okay, bow or, or we something. do something in jewels. Yeah. It's still taking your design that, and people know that. So, I mean, if you look at uh, YSL, that same shoe has been out forever. But it, they have high heel, they have low heel. So you find your niche and you find which way how do I make it for the next season? What do I do? Is it chunky heels? Is it wedges? Is it this? And then you have to see if it actually works on the shoe. So today, there's a lot of data that's involved. You know, um, years ago, like the buyer, for instance, would spend time on the sales floor. It's no longer that. It's the planner because they're looking to see, you know, how many pairs of black, which si- style, sizes. How sold. many pairs of shoes does the average human own? How many do you own, Anthony? How many pairs of shoes do you own as a man? You mean like? Just shoes that you can wear every day, including your tennis shoes. Shoes I can wear every day, yeah. probably the one I have, on, the ones I have on now. One, two, three, four. Oh no, about he can six. count them on his hands. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, you probably Sam. had no more than 10 pairs of shoes. Lisa, you total, know the story. Total, yes. total. you about to have yeah, 10 for, pairs yeah. of shoes. No, I, no yeah. more than 10. No more than 10. Well, what's the average? Well, you know, when I redid my house, now the contractor wanted to know that I work for the guy with the white boxes. And I said, oh, you mean Manolo? No. <laughs> so I have over 300 or more pairs of shoes. Well, that makes this sense to me. You're, you're in the shoe business. industry. Do I am not, not even ask but me. But she has a whole right. garage well, full, including her house. Hello. She had stores and businesses galore. I'm the one in here that should even, have right. the 300 pairs of shoes that I have. <laughs> I'm the I, one don't, I have, have a lot of shoes. Yes, you should, because you're out all the time in the public eye, and people want to see what you're wearing. Okay, speaking of which, last question for you ladies. Last year's trends that I saw were fur. Fur balls on the tennis shoe. Fur balls on the slides. Everything was fur on the shoe. Fur on the shoe. Gucci had fur in the shoe. This one had fur on the shoe. What this year for summer and fall is going to be the trend and what do we as women and men need must-haves in our closet? Oh, my God. You guys can take... Okay, so I think it's a mule, okay, an open back mule and booties for women. There's no question about it. And I think for men, it's this athleisure into a dress shoe because I think guys are realizing it's great to wear sneakers, but, you know, it and Is it looks there a okay. lot of support in the sneakers for a man? Oh, yeah, now there are. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. I mean, like yeah. one of Donald's biggest thing for men is a athletic kind of, um, it's not a tennis shoe. But you know, a lounge, a lounge it's, shoe. It's a, right. It's it's a updated athletic shoe that you can wear out, whether it's a red carpet or going on a date or just going to. I mean, so it's oh, Anthony, like I might have to look, buy you a pair of those. That's what you know, I'm looking you're, for. You're looking, you know, you look, you look um, classic, and but then again, you're comfortable, you know. So, and I I think today a lot of um, in the industry it has really turned really big into. Comfort, comfort. And then again, there are, you know, those women that have a different price bracket that will still buy Manolo's and the hot and what he's always saying with his highs and his little kitten heels. And, you know, I think each designer today, you know, they go what they know what their customers are going to buy. And then again, they design another way for customers that would be something. Wow, it's so interesting. You know, I could talk about shoes forever, but we're kind of out of time, ladies. (laughs) I do want to know one thing. We've got a shoe show coming up in August, the Magic Show, in Las Vegas. And what is going to be the feature? Every time we have a show, Leslie, you've got some big thing going on. What's going on at this show? So I equate myself to Barnum and Bailey. I have to entertain (laughs) the industry, the troops. I'm working on it. We... um, we actually, it's you know, strange, as you know, we used so. to have concerts. So now what we're doing is a major cocktail party. What we found is people really want to network today. They don't have enough FaceTime. So a lot of what we're planning is for that. And what about the line? What's the line that we're all looking? No, I know it's spring, but meaning whose line is no, it? See, that's the fascinating part about this. We won't know. You don't know. Until they roll it out. They launch. I mean, literally. It's like a, it's like a movie. Right. You know, literally, shoes it, but, are being designed. Again, yeah. take six months. But these, their sho- our shoes won't even come in maybe a couple of days before the a show. show. Isn't that amazing? So you got, right, before the show. So it's like for Donald and I, it's a new baby. You I know? love it. And he's got to open every single box 
first. Well, I, That's I don't his blame thing. Them. I would you be know. there, too. All right, if you wouldn't mind, how do people get a hold of you, Lisa Pliner, if they want to buy Donald Pliner shoes or they want to buy something that you're designing or see you on a walkway, on a runway, rather? How do we do that? <laughs> well, I know Donald and I are under Right Bank Shoe Company, and you can go online under... Um, www.rightbanksuecompany.com um, Or we could just Google Lisa oh, Pliner call, or Don yes. J. Pliner yes. and find out where you got, where right. are you selling your shoes now? Um, I would say, you know what, Zappos is very good for us. Okay. Um, there's been Nordstrom's. Okay, great. Um, there's been, you know, um, oh gosh, some There's so many, you know, a lot of little country, specialty yeah. stores. Little, All right, you know, we'll find you. you. Could just, yeah, you could just say, look for Right Bank Shoe Company. I mean, it's a little hard because, yeah, we're Donald and Lisa Pliner, but we're not Donald Pliner under Donald Pliner brand. Right. Because we're right not Bank with Shoes now. Gotcha. Right. Well, you know. Guess what, Anthony? But that's really, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be getting you a pair of those uh, shoes she was just telling us about. I so. need more than one pair. Oh, oh hello. Oh, there you go. Now you're <laughs> you in trouble. Have two feet. <laughs> In trouble. All right, Leslie, and where can we find oh, you, you can and learn f- all about the show? You can find me at UBM, Uncle Bravo Mary, fashion, F-A-S-H-I-O-N dot com. And what about for the magic show? Is there any that's uh, nothing? That's, that's it. That's it. Okay. We, we've consolidated. One big name does it all. Well, ladies, I just have to say thank you. Um, first of all, I'm already a shoe-hoa, so now I'm really in trouble learning about the backside of this industry. And uh, I just want to say thank you, and uh, here's to shoe biz, yes. not shoe biz. No shoe biz. <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much for having us. That was a blast.